Uh, I hope it's okay if I teach up here today. I'm a short guy, and we're getting more people around, and we've got some kitties in the back. Everybody wave at the, wave at the younger ones up there. Good to see you guys. Thanks for being in here today. It's kind of different, but I'm glad. So uh, this is an exciting day. We have two kind of like holiday event things going on at one time today. Anybody know what they are? Super Bowl Sunday. I think you guys know about that. What's the other one? It's Groundhog Day. Am I get excited about Groundhog? Should that even be a holiday? That should be a day off of work. You know, I think it would be a great idea. But, uh, but seeing that I am a master sermonizer, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring these two together in my sermon today. We're going to talk about both of these. That's kind of exciting. And uh, we know about the Super Bowl. You know, 49ers and the Chiefs. Who's for the 49ers? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's try that again. Who's for the 49ers? Who's for the Chiefs? Okay. Home, home field advantage, I think, okay? Home field advantage. What, what, I, what I think is interesting about the Super Bowl is you've got, for a 30-second commercial, $5.6 million. That's right. I got in the wrong industry. Pastoring. I should have been a commercial marketer person. I don't know. And over 100 million people will watch. So that's kind of cool. Groundhog Day is a little bit more nebulous. We're not sure about Groundhog Day. Uh, Groundhog Day actually was started by a newspaper editor in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. And he thought it'd be a great idea to create this, this kind of a marketing campaign, get everybody together and, and do this event to put their city on the map. And they did that in 1887 or something like that, I think. And uh, the gist is, it came from an old German tradition where badgers were seen as weather prognosticating animals. A badger, how does that work? Hey, Jim, go get the badger. Let's see, let's see what the weather's going to be like today. You know, not a great idea. And now we use woodchucks or we use uh, um, groundhogs, which are a little more docile, I think. I, they probably, they got big teeth, though. They can still bite, I think. So supposedly the groundhog comes out, and on Groundhog Day, if he sees his shadow, what does that mean? More, six more weeks of winter, which we barely have winter here, folks. I'm from Chicago. We barely have winter. If he does not see his shadow, what does that mean? Early spring. So the groundhog went out today and did not see his shadow. So I'm ready for spring, baby. <laughs> you know, I'm definitely ready for spring, you know. So I don't know how that's going to work. So with, the, with, you know, Groundhog Day and the Super Bowl, I figure you got a 50-50 chance of getting what you want today. 50-50, uh, but uh, things don't always turn out the way that we would like, do they? You know, I wish life was that way. Uh, in our Sundays here lately, I've, I've heard this word given as some words to people, uh, disappointment, that people are dealing with disappointment, and there's just a little frustration about life. You know, what's, that's kind of, that's, that's life sometimes, you know, and um, some of us are struggling with disappointment and some anger, because life doesn't always go our way. How many of you guys like it when life goes your way? You know, I like, th I like that too. But the truth is the Chiefs might not win. Winter might go on till June. You never know here in Wichita. And you might not win the Inovo Chili Cook-Off today. 
I mean, there, there's opportunities for disappointment today with all this stuff going on. And, and on, on a more serious note, you know, this last week, there was a lot of national things that happened that were kind of tough for people. You know, Kobe Bryant and his daughter died really while we were having church last Sunday. That's been a big deal for some people. I've been a little surprised how that's impacted folks really all around the world. And it's been an important thing for people. Um, there, it's, been a, it's been a week of more bad political craziness on both sides. I mean, it's just been, not been good for us. And the deadly coronavirus. You know, so there's stuff, you know, people, the anxiety levels is kind of creeping up a little bit for some folks, and there's been some disappointments. Plus, there's this stuff that we're dealing with, personal stuff in our life and our families that is, is, is hard stuff sometimes to deal with. And uh, I was thinking, you know, you weren't, you're not in this life for 30 seconds before you start dealing with disappointment. You know, we come out naked, hungry, and cold. Three bad combinations at one time. You know, and that's how he came out. My little granddaughter, Josephine, came out, you know, in July. And I don't speak baby, but that, that, that little girl was angry about some stuff, you know. She was not happy, you know, about some things going on in her life. And uh, she's a cutie, man, but there are times when she is mad. She is mad. I mean, she gets upset about some things, and she can't tell us what it is, so she just gets madder, you know. And uh, it just has something to do with... I'm really disappointed in you, you're not meeting my needs, and my diaper's full, and I'm hungry. You know, it's just a combination of those things. And a lot of what I do as a dad, if you're a dad, you can relate to this, and with my kids, and, and, and pastoring, which is kind of like being a dad, is uh, teaching people how to deal with disappointment. Because what you do with disappointment will really determine your direction in life. I mean, this is the thing, that's why it's so important. Um, because at some point, you're going to get disappointed. At some point, things are going to get frustrating. You're going to get angry. You're going to get frustrated with work or with life or, you know, mad at God. Things aren't turning out the way you thought. And, and it gets to a point with some people that they question, is God really there? If he's there, does he, does he really care about me? You know, uh, why doesn't he fix this? Is he not paying attention? And those are, those are significant things that we have to wrestle with, you know. And we're in a series called, you know, Loving God and Loving Others. And one of the things I'd put out to you guys today is, how do you love God when life is hard? How do you love him when you're going through some pain, going through some disappointment? Things aren't easy. You know, when you're questioning his, his goodness, and even when you've got some dirty diapers and some despair going, how do, you, how do, we, how do we love him? So today we're going to look at a, at a psalm that I think is going to give us some good direction for life and some ideas of how to love him in the middle of pain and disappointment. Now, how many of you guys like the Psalms in the Bible? I love the Psalms because they're just real. They're, they're raw. Uh, they're not churched up. You know, we don't, we don't make them pretty. There's just some people being really honest with God. And uh, David wrote some things. I'm like, man, <laughs> you know, you got some nerve saying that to the Lord. And he just, he just, ugh, it's, just it's just out there. But it's real life. You know, and we, and we have some real frustration with how God does things. Let me, God is good. He's perfect in all he does. But sometimes I'm like, well, God, you can let me know, <laughs> you know, a little bit more. Or we get a little frustrated and we're having a hard time figuring out what he's doing. And we get frustrated sometimes. And we want to be an, an honest community. You know, we don't want to be afraid to ask questions. We don't want to be afraid or have to hide 
who we are, what we think. We want to be able to just get it out there and just say it. So we're going to look at Psalm 73 today. Psalm 73. You can turn it around your Bible. Uh, it'll be up on our screen. Look, aren't these awesome that we got some TVs now? You can actually read the words on the screen. Thanks to Matt and Tim back there for making that happen for us. So uh, that's, that's a big deal. Uh, but if the words are on the screen or get your Bible out or I've got it on my tablet. So I heard someone say the other day, Moses had a tablet. So I'm, I'm with me and Moses are on our tablet today. So uh, as we read this, you'll see the author started out with a lot of complaining. And he says some pretty tough stuff, but then he kind of changes gears. It's almost like two different people. If two different people wrote a psalm and one guy is mad and the other guy is happy or hopeful, this would be this psalm. They kind of go, they kind of go together. It's kind of interesting. And this is how it starts. It says, truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I, was almost, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. And he's saying, man, I was, I was slipping, I was, I was struggling, I was having a crisis of faith. You ever had a crisis of faith? Uh, backsliding is the word we use sometimes where you were close to God, but now you're, you're not. Backsliding. He said, I was, I was backsliding. He said, I'm good today, but yesterday was a hard day. Yesterday I wasn't doing so well, and he was struggling. Now, I know you guys, none of you guys struggle. None of you guys struggle, I know that. I know, so I'm really not, maybe I'm not talking to you. Maybe a few of you struggle. But this guy who wrote this was struggling. And what was he struggling with? What was he struggling with? Was he being tempted to be dishonest? Cheating on his wife? Doing something he shouldn't have done? What was he, what was he, what was he being tempted to do? And this is what he said. For I envied the proud. I envied the proud. When I saw them prosper, despite their wickedness, we could say they were 49er fans. <laughs> Can we say that? <laughs> they seem to have such painless lives. <laughs> Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. I like this. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. <laughs> this guy's mad. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens, and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day. Every morning brings me pain. He's not happy. <laughs> He's complaining a little bit. And what was his issue? He envied the proud, the wicked, the ones who weren't following God. What's he say? Man, these guys are doing great. Look at me. Why am I struggling with finances and family and relationships and different things? And these guys just seem to have it made. 
The good guys are losing, and the bad guys are winning. <laughs> That's what he says. Then he really starts kicking into complaining gear. He says, why am I working so hard trying to do life God's way, and these guys seem to be doing great? You know, one thing that we'll always talk about in here, doing life God's way is better. Every Sunday, doing life God's way is a better way to do life. And it's better for you, and it's better for God, and it's better for everybody. He says, and I'll just be honest, I'm doing relationships right. I'm doing sex God's way in the Word. I'm doing, doing love right. I'm obeying you, and this guy down the street is doing whatever the heck he wants. And he seems to just be having the best time in the world. She gets to do whatever she wants to, and she gets a husband. You know? Why, why, why am I doing this thing the right way? I'm giving it church. At the end of the week, I've got more month left than money, and this guy hasn't given a penny to help anybody, and he seems to have all the money in the world. His kids are great. My kids are struggling. God, I'm just mad about this. Why is this happening? Why am I working so hard? And God, you don't even seem to care. Now, he thinks that his good choices or buying him some favor from the Lord a little bit. God, if I do this, you need to do that. That's kind of a scary place to be. We do that sometimes. He's going through that. But, um, and this guy's not doing anything. I thought, you know, that, that's the rules, you know. I do the right thing, I get blessed. They do the wrong thing. God, go get them. Get them, God. You know, that's, what, that's kind of where he was, and it wasn't happening. And he was having a crisis of faith. And, and maybe that's where you've been before, or maybe even where you are today a little bit. I mean, maybe you're here and you're paying a price to follow God and do life His way, and you just wonder why everything's not falling into place. Wouldn't it be awesome we give our lives to the Lord Jesus and all our struggles stop? Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> you know, sign me up. But that's not how life usually works, is it? You know, everything's falling into place for these guys. I mean, I believe in God that He heals people today, and a lot of people I know don't even believe that or don't even know He's there, but I'm sick. What's the deal, God? And, he, and then he continues. He's got a moment of regret here a little bit. He says, if I had really spoken this way to others, if I had verbalized these things, I would have been a traitor to your people. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper, but what a difficult task it is. What's the issue here? There is pain. There's disappointment. There's frustration. There's unmet expectations, there's dirty diapers, his, his hopes are being dashed, and those people over there aren't getting what they deserve. You know, God, you need to swoop down and get those guys. That's kind of where he's at. Give them the smack down, you know. Um, did you know that disappointment, if left unchecked in your life, will take you out of your game? Disappointment, if it's, not, if it's not dealt with, if it's not acknowledged, if it's not checked with, I would say if it's not brought to the Lord, has the power to take you out of your game. It's not a small thing. You chew on it, it grows in your mouth. It gets bigger, and it, and it starts to, to, to fill everything up. Now, don't, don't raise your hand. You can raise your hand if you want to. <laughs> but how many of you guys, if you were honest today, you would say, man, I'm dealing with some disappointment. I'm frustrated about some things. I'm, I'm questioning 
if all the things I'm doing to do life God's way are really worth it, or even, man, I am just pissed off at God. <laughs> I am mad. <laughs> I am so angry that God's not done A, B, C, or D in my life, you know? Maybe your hopes have been dashed a little bit. Maybe you're just struggling, and you've been struggling, and you've been struggling, and you're just stinking frustrated, and you thought it wasn't supposed to be this way, you know? I read an article by a, a, a lady, I, I call her a vineyard pastor's wife, maybe she is a pastor as well, Um, Her name was Kathy Chester. I read about her this week, and this is what she wrote. Uh, Ten years ago, God called my husband John and I to plant a church. Something we we want to do is plant churches. After three years of preparation and many long trips between our home in Ohio and where we wanted to plant in North Carolina, we started the journey. We were ready to love large and share the news of Jesus. Our house sold in days, and we were moving to a coastal city. That's a good choice. God knew that it was one of our heart's desires. We were beyond excited. We moved from Willington, we moved to Willing, Wilmington, North Carolina to start the church from the ground up, just the two of us. And we had so much to be thankful for. All was going as planned, at least for the first four months. And then my life was turned upside down. John had to have emergency gallbladder surgery. I didn't know it yet, but he was never going to come home. He died from surgical complications. Suddenly, I was a widow. Our church plant was already in motion, but we had not even been officially released yet. I was wondering if our ascending church would still honor our new call now that it was mine alone. They told me I didn't have to continue to plant, that I had every reason just to come home and quit. I told them, and this is a good attitude for a church planter, I can't stop. Because God hasn't told me that I can stop. <laughs> they honored what, she honored what God was leading her to do. And in that call, the church started and it grew. And then she stepped back and she released it to some new leaders. But she was left with a lot of questions. Why does God let those kind of things happen? And what do we do with that? You know? I've read the story of famous missionaries who went on the mission field full of hopes and promises and dreams, and people just didn't respond to them. And they were faithful, and they worked, and it just they didn't get the reward they were expecting. <laughs> um, what do we do with those kind of questions? And I'll say what I said a few minutes ago. What you do with your pain and disappointment says a lot about where your life is going to go. Because we're all going to experience some pain in this life. Now, if your life is like mine, my life is kind of a mixed bag. Man, I am blessed by the Lord. God is good. Uh, I don't have a lot of complaints right now. We've been through some stuff in our life. I've made some mistakes that were, that were not good. Uh, we've struggled. We've both lost our parents. My dad's still alive, but Mary lost her parents. We've had friends die. We've had things happen. Uh, parts of my life I love. Love this. <laughs> Parts of my life I have to endure, (laughs) and it's not easy. It's not all one way or the other. It's a mixed bag. But here's what I know. Um, I know that God is good. I know he loves me. I know he's involved in my life, and I see it all the time. 
and I take t- time to get close to him because I want to be, see what he sees and know what he knows as much as I can and be close to him. I know the Bible says rain falls on the just and the unjust. You're going to get rained on. Nothing like being a mailman out and it starts pouring down rain and it's like 25 degrees out and it's pouring down rain. And I said, Greg, you know, the rain falls on the just and the unjust is what I tell myself. Uh, Because a sinner is going to be some pain and God is a restorer. But even when God restores and heals, that can hurt a little bit. Did you know that? That could even hurt. Uh, Mike Iaconelli wrote a book that I was kind of dabbling through a little bit called The Gift of Hard Things, and I love what he wrote. It's not that we should look for suffering, but if it should find us, there is a truth that life's hardships, if we are able to accept them, often contain unexpected gifts. Failure, disappointment, loss, and other difficult experiences call us to accept our humanity, to feel grateful for what has been given, to receive the care of others, and to receive grace from the Holy Spirit. The more I accept difficulty as a natural part of the spiritual life, the more I find myself available to the deep gifts of the Holy Spirit, like compassion, trust, gratitude, humility, wonder, and joy. In other words, if I am tuning into the Lord and drawing towards Him, nothing in my life is wasted. God uses everything. You know, I look back over my life, and I'm an old guy, and it it helps to have that perspective of age, but I could see things I thought were just a waste of time or needless pain or or needless struggle, Uh, even things back in my childhood, and I look back and think, God, why did you let me go through that? And you get older, and you see that I'm not saying God did it because the enemy is alive and well, trying to wreak havoc on God's creation and on this earth. But I know one thing, God's been using it in my life to make me better and to make me more helpful to people. If, if, you, if you're in a relationship with him, nothing is wasted. Now, the psalmist reacts by, by giving in to sin in his disappointment. This is what we don't want to do. He says, uh, and we think of sin as all these dastardly things, these big, crazy, you know, if I said, what do you think sin is? You know, these, you know robbing, a, robbing a bank or, or killing somebody. Or, and those things are sin. But he says, for I envied the proud. That's on the list. And it's a dangerous thing. You know you're in a bad way when you look at someone else's life and you get mad about their success. You get mad because their life seems to be going pretty easy. And we don't know what people are going through. But we get frustrated, don't we? Can I say the, the, the word Facebook? You want to get mildly depressed? Look at how great everybody's life is on Facebook. And if you believe it, you deserve to be, to be mildly depressed because it's not true. You know, we put our best you know, face forward on Facebook. Some of you guys are complainers on Facebook, but I mean, most people are trying to make everybody think that it's good. And when that happens, man, we get, we get bitter. We take life in our own hands. You know, the enemy is always whispering, man, I guess God's not going to take care of you. You don't have a job. What are you going to do? You know, you got bills coming up. You don't have the money. I guess, I guess you're on your own. That's what he says. You don't have a father who loves you. What are you going to do? And we take matters into our own hands, and we try to, i got to make something happen because God's not watching out for me, and we start with that slide. 
and our vision gets skewed, and we see things weird. And if somebody near you, and I've been there, man, has some great thing happen to them, and it just makes you mad because <laughs> something good has happened to them. You know, your, your best friend who's just a goofball wins the lottery or something, you know, and you're just like, come on, God, what's the deal? You know, right here, you know. Someone gets healed. Someone gets promoted, and you're mad. That's not a good sign. That's a sign that you got some disappointment and some struggle. And, uh, and we, then we ask this question, and this is what he asks, is, is living life God's way worth it? Or should I just be like everybody else? You know, salvation is free, but living for Jesus will cost you everything. That's just the truth. It'll mess your life up. I think in a good way, but sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Sometimes it's hard, you know, and we question it. You know, and some people, they quit. Man, this is just, this stinks. <laughs> it's hard, you know, and we get unsettled, and we can't celebrate with people, and we get frustrated, and then we lose peace. Peace is an interesting thing. You know, what is peace? It's just a sense of, of well-being, knowing that you're okay. Knowing that you're okay. You know, we go through these periods where we feel, we feel like we're, we feel fear, we feel like we're in danger, or we feel like we're going to miss out. Peace is just a sense that comes from God's presence that, man, it's, just, it's okay. I'm okay. I don't understand what's going on around me right now, but I'm okay. It's peace. And peace is one of the biggest signs that somebody has relationship with God. You can't work for it. It's a gift, but we can lose it because we start worrying and getting mad and getting unsettled and getting frustrated, and we, we lose our peace. You know, you know, this is really depressing today, isn't it? Aren't you glad you came to church? Let me pray. Well, we're going to end this right now. Let's pray. No. Um, <laughs> how many of you guys know if you're watching a football game and your team is losing in the first or second quarter, that doesn't mean the game's going to end that way? How many of you guys watch Patrick Mahomes? You know, they've been behind in two of their, their both their playoff games. Once was by, how many, how many points? Like 20-something points? 24. He's like the master. He's, he's like the master of the turning point, you know. Um, he specializes in turning points. And this guy in this psalm needs a turning point. He is really low. Let's look at verse 17. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Then I went into your sanctuary. Today's language. Then I went to church. Then I went to small group. Then I went, I got around God's people. <laughs> you know, I went, where, I went somewhere where God's people were and where your presence was. You know, it's not all about church, but it's a lot about church. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, to put yourself in a place around real people trying to live for Jesus every week, we don't have it down yet. We're working at it. But the presence of God is here 
and we're being honest about where we are. There is something about that where God can work on us, and that's so important. And what do we do in the sanctuary? What do we do in church? Man, we worship and praise the Lord. Man, if you're just spitting mad at God, you're frustrated, you're dark because you're so, you've been, been there for a while. One of the greatest things to do is just throw down and worship the Lord. Praise Him. Get your eyes off of yourself. Praise Him. Sing to Him. Tell Him how great He is. Love Him. There's a transformative thing that God does in us in those moments that are so good for us, you know. And uh, when you're down and your, your feelings are pushing you towards sin and you're getting bitter and you're getting mad, you just put yourself someplace where God can minister to you. I'm so thankful, and I don't take credit for this, it's a, it's a group effort of just everybody loving the Lord. God's here. <laughs> and the Spirit's working on us. And it's just such a, a big deal. And you sit down and the Holy Spirit starts mess, messing with you. You're in a bad way. You come to church. And then we start singing those songs. In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. Yes, you are, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you're using it in my life, you know. Oh, no, you never let go through the calm and through the storm. And you're like, man, who's cutting the onions in here? You just, all of a sudden, you're just, you're, you know, it's like, oh. This is, and, and what's happening, man, the Holy Spirit's getting in there, and he's, and he's working, and, he's, and he's, he's meeting you at that place of anger, that place of frustration, because he loves you, and he's working, you know. Some of the happiest people I know are some of the people who seem to have been to hell and back, but they love Jesus. Or maybe they're going through some struggles, but they're honest and they love the Lord. Um, are not a, I know you didn't enjoy this, and I didn't enjoy it either, but, but you blessed our church by what you went through this year. Because it was tough, it was life and death stuff, and I know it was, there was a lot of suffering for you guys and a lot of questions and there were times where we just stopped and prayed. You know, we're at national conference. We just stopped and prayed and things going on. But just to watch you go through this and then for us to get words from the Lord about what God was doing and for you to be here and teaching us how to do ministry, it was good for us. <laughs> hard for you, hard for us. <laughs> but, you know, there were, there were benefits. You know, we forget. You know, we taste the bitterness. We taste the disappointment. If you're eating from the plate of disappointment all the time, and you're rehearsing it and you're feeding yourself, man, is this going to lead to a bitter stomach? You're going to get acid reflux, spiritual acid reflux, you know. But you have, we have to also taste and see that the Lord is good. Put yourself in his presence, you know. And this reminds us that doing life God's way is worth it, you know. He went to the sanctuary and things turned around. And he got perspective. You know, for the psalmist... The circumstances didn't change. God didn't swoop in and like punish the wicked and turn everything around and money showered down from the sky. Nothing changed except for him. You know, God has a sneaky thing that he does. We go to him concerned about something or someone else. God, you got to change that person. God, you need to change the circumstance. God, you got to fix this money problem. And he changes something, all right. What does he change? <laughs> he gets in here and he changes us. And thank God, a lot of, he changes the circumstances a lot of times. We've seen sickness healed. We've seen finances come. 
God, he's a God of miracles. He is. But sometimes we've got to go through it. Some of you, and I'm not belittling what you're going through, you've been in a place of struggle for a long time. There's just been some tough stuff. I would encourage you, keep putting yourself in the presence of God. Keep praising him. Keep loving him. Talk to him about it. Take it to him. When something happens in your life, you can do one of two things. You can run from him or you can run to him. Man, take it to him. Have some real honest shouting matches with the Lord if you want to. Be honest. Be be real. He knows it's there anyway. And, and just come to him. Uh, you'll find out what's going on in your life. Um, I have a friend going to Atlanta this week. And I said, you got to go to the Martin Luther King Museum, Martin Luther King Jr. Museum down in Atlanta, one of the coolest places I've been to on vacation. And he wrote this, the ultimate measure of a man or woman is not where he or she stands in times of comfort and convenience, but rather where he's or she stands in times of challenge and controversy. When life is hard, you find out what's really in you. You know, more people run away from the Lord in times of comfort, in times of ease. Going through a hard time, God comes in and he fixes it, and things are good. And things are good for a while. We're like, thank you, God. We quit praying, quit going to church, quit seeking him, and we just drift. More people in our country walk away from the Lord in times of comfort than in times of pain and disappointment. You know, that pain and disappointment, it makes me mad enough to come to the Lord. <laughs> that pain and disappointment challenges some of you. And you're standing up and you're rising up in faith and you're like, man, I don't like this. And God, I don't know why this is happening, but I'm going to go to you with this. And something in you rises up and that pain and disappointment it becomes a motivator for you to go after Jesus instead of running away from him. And you've been doing it. I'm going to read how this, how this ends. This is what he says. Yet I still belong to you, God. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. That's a good one to memorize if you're going through a hard time right now. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. <laughs> Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail, my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Those who desert him will perish, for you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter. I will tell everyone about the wonderful things that you do. He was honest with God, but when it came time to agree with God, and may I use this word, repent. God, I'm a stupid human being. <laughs> God, I don't see it sometimes. I miss it. And God, you know I'm mad, but God, I love you, and I acknowledge you're at work in my life. I know that you're at work. And we, and we bring this to him. And we interact with him, and we discover in that place that God is awesome, he loves us, and he's at work. It might happen like this. You might have to keep rustling through it with him. It's okay. What I want to encourage you to do today is simply this. 
Man, don't bear your pain and disappointment by yourself, your anger about what's happened to you. Take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord in the presence of people that are taking things to the Lord. Take it to the Lord in the, in the, in the presence of people who, loves you, who love you as we're getting to know each other and in a God who loves you. You're not meant to bear this by yourself. Sure, you can continue in pain and disappointment, and I always, I always joke about this. Old people can be the meanest people on this planet because people, as they get older, if they don't deal with their pain and disappointment, just get mean. <laughs> or we can be people that meet with the Lord in the middle of it. Do you trust him enough to take your anger, your pain, and disappointment to him this morning? What if we did a little experiment today? What if we all, you know, and, and if everything's going good for you right now, man, pray for somebody else. <laughs> but if you've got some honest frustration and anger at yourself, and I've had to deal with that before, that's, that's almost the hardest, at somebody else or at the Lord. And, and you just acknowledge, man, I got it, it's, it's, right, it's right there. What if we just take that to him today? You can do it one of two ways. You can write where you are, just have a conversation with the Lord. That's okay. You can come up here. We just kind of, I don't know where this term came from. We call it the altar because I guess we come up and say, God, here I am. Do whatever you want to do, you know. If you need to get up and move, because sometimes we need to get up and move, uh, you can come up here in front and you can have a conversation with God right here. Either one works. It's just a matter of what God's wanting you to do. Sometimes, sometimes we need to take a step and move. But what if we this morning just took that pain and disappointment and frustration and we were just honest with him and said, God, I'm mad, but I want to know that you're involved in my life. I want to know you. I want to experience you. I want to get close. But God, I'm going to need you to help me. What if we did that today? It could just be a meeting place with us and the Lord that would be good for us. That's what we're going to do for five or ten minutes. We're just going to take a few moments, and we're going to be honest with him, and we're going to pray to him, or we can come up and do that, and we're just going to get some time. So let me, let me pray for us as we do that today. And, Will, you can bring your team up if you want to. Let's pray. Um, God, I thank you that you accept us when we come, no matter how we come. Lord, you love us no matter what state we're in. But God, you bring change to us too, and I love that as well. Father, we just submit this, just this moment to you, this time right now where we are. And God, we just want to we want to leave this place with a better relationship with you than when we walked in here today. Um, huh. Some of you here today, you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus. You've never taken that step of faith and say, man, I want to be a Jesus follower. I don't have all the answers, but I want to do that today. Some of you guys, that's, that's, a, that's an opportunity for you today, too, as well, while you're here, to take that step. Um, I believe God wants to bring some joy today into our lives and touch us with it. So, Holy Spirit, come. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for a moment of just being honest with you and for all that you want to do in our lives. God, we love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.